Welcome to another edition, Waiting for Next Year's Cavs Cast, as always, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. It is Thursday evening, March 20th, and I am joined by Good Luck Charm, Joe Gilbert, who was in the building for the Dominant Cavs win on Tuesday night. Joe, welcome. How was the atmosphere on Tuesday? Oh, it was awesome. It's uh I missed it, man. Uh, we were talking before. I we miss, I miss that uh, that kind of environment. And uh, playoff basketball is one of those unique events, and uh, it was it was rocking in uh, Rocket Mortgage. The atmosphere was incredible, and I didn't see Spike Lee there on the baseline. Was yeah, he I don't there, was he? think no. Like half the Browns team was, but uh, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Spike was there. I saw Miles Garrett post game. Yeah. He's he's one of the few that can make basketball players look small. He like gave DG a hug, and you like couldn't even see DG after right. Miles hugged him. So. Yeah, yeah. He he was sitting with uh, Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom, I think it was, and Deshaun Watson was there. Amari Cooper. It was it was a whole and and our and our former Larry Nance was there too. That's right. Yeah, if if he wants to join the playoff roster, that'd be okay with me. We need a we need a uh, power forward off the bench there. That'd be nice. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, you know, he's a good assist guy, good rebounder. Oh, yeah. yeah, he'd be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, we got a lot to break down. Uh, you know, I want to recap the the first two games. Kind of go through what maybe surprised us, disappointed us, or surprised us through the first two. Uh, expectations for Game Three tomorrow night, eight thirty Eastern. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. We've got a great deal with Underdog Fantasy for first-time depositors. Enter in the code WFNY at checkout, and Underdog will match your deposit up to $100. Underdog is a great platform if you're tired of the DFS salary system. There are tons of game types and drafts every night of the week for every sport. Don't forget, use WFNY at checkout to get your first-time deposit matched up to $100. So, Joe, bouncing into just a recap of the first two games, uh, I was hoping we could go through a few things that that maybe you liked and that you didn't like. Um, anything come to mind in terms of things that you maybe liked from the Cavs' perspective through the first two? Uh, I, I love the fight that they came back with. Um, it could have been it could have been troubling if after that first game you kind of you don't play, but you play kind of your worst game that you could think of, um, and you lose a close one, and then. You have to think about it for what two games. It's your second second playoff game for most most of the guys on the roster, and uh, it was great to see them kind of fight back and play one of their better games of the of the season. Um, so it was great to see that, and and just the defense getting back to where it's, where the level we've seen it at uh, was was awesome. The first game wasn't bad defensively; uh, they just couldn't score. <laughs> uh, but the second second game that that was that was one of the best defensive performances of the of the season like where they scored 39 in the first half like that's crazy that was that was that was fun to watch man i we were talking in discord during the game i've never seen darius defend like that yes that's that was huge he he was he was he was like half the it's all about effort with him he just has to he has to try hard like on defense because He's he's obviously not physically imposing or anything like that, but he's he's a smart player and and he can, he's quick as quick as heck, so he can he can move with anybody. He just has to kind of have that effort and man, it was huge. That was that might have been the biggest jolt in the in the in the 
in the game there was when he was uh, I forget who it was. He forced a turnover uh, on uh, in the first half, and he, he got the he got the building going. So uh, if if we can see that for all, the rest of the rest of the series in the playoffs, uh, Cavs are in a great great position if he can play that well. Yeah, the defense, I think one of the turnovers he forced, it might not have been the one you're referencing, but he played some incredible defense on quickly. He mm. took a charge at some point. I mean, he was just locked in, and um, we were talking about how important it was for him to play well, not only defensively, but also offensively. And, man, he he came and answered the bell uh, on Tuesday night. He was just incredible. You mentioned the defense. There, there was just so many more hands. I, I, it felt like there were like six or seven Cavaliers on the court at different times in game two. They were just all over the place. Uh, throughout the first two games, Knicks, Knicks have shot like 25, 26% from three, under 40% from the field through the two games if you combine the stats. So you're exactly right. You know, the fact that they lost a, a tough game in, in game one, a lot of shots weren't falling, but the defense, um, you know, was just it was flying. Uh, game one and game two, they just unfortunately gave up too many too many boards in game one. And yep. the one thing I wrote down here with game two was we saw some full court press from the defense, which you know caused a turnover. Um, we saw the Cavs kind of help and, and blitz Brunson a little bit more than yeah. just letting Chetty go one on one with him, which wasn't <laughs> necessarily a recipe for success in Game no. One. So, um, yeah, I was, you know, I think we we talked about it. we liked what what uh, JB did at least defensively. Threw some different things at him. Uh, tried to let, not let Brunson kind of get to that like left elbow area, which he seems mm. to like after his little push off. He loves pulling up in that left elbow area. So it's some nice, you know, defensive adjustments. Um, but of course, here comes the counter punch, right? The Knicks saw what the Cavs yeah. did game two. Uh, Thibs is going to be coming with something for game three, you'd have to think, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I thought the adjustments on defense were awesome. Uh, trapping, uh, kind of pushing pushing Brunson out. So he has to go around, go wide um, to get to the basket. Uh, that was great. Um, just being aggressive on him. You got to be aggressive on, on Brunson or else he'll, he'll just force it down your throat. <laughs> he's, he's, he's sort of a bully kind of with the ball and he can, uh, he can really kill you if you, if you kind of back, back away from him. So I, I love that, uh, aggressiveness for him. And then I thought, I thought what they did with against Randall was awesome. Um, they, they didn't really, it was actually kind of, <laughs> <laughs> they sort of didn't respect him that much. Like they put Danny Green on him for quite a while, and they didn't get burned. Like he, I, I think they know that he's not a hundred percent, and um, they they put they put they didn't put like their best defender on Evan. Obviously, covered him for a lot of it, but they uh, they relied on like uh, Danny Green to kind of guard him up because he's not he's if you want him. You don't want him kind of being a bully down low. You want him to have to kind of use his dribble. Dribbling is probably not his best move and, and playmaking. So if you force him to kind of have to dribble and kind of make plays with uh, off the dribble, that's a reason uh, definitely successful there. So I thought I thought their um, defensive plan against uh, Randall was big. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of how the Knicks kind of go off of those two adjustments going into game three 
Yeah, that, that's one thing that stood out to me is, uh, of course, the, the Knicks have the advantage from a size perspective down low, especially yeah. when they get in their depth with Hartenstein coming off the bench and Hart able to rebound. But they, they don't have any great playmakers. I, I guess, you, could, you know, Hartenstein can move the ball a little, but in terms of yeah. their top two, you know, Robinson and Randall, they're not great passers. And that's something that the Cavaliers bigs are. I mean, you, you'll never see a big to big pass <laughs> like Jay and, and Evan will do with yeah. uh, Robinson. I mean, Robinson gets the ball you know, around the free throw line. He doesn't know what to do with it. He's looking no. to get rid of it as soon as possible. So. <laughs> there's a there's an ugly possession where he was, like, wide open at, like, the free throw line. He had no idea what to do. Like, he, <laughs> he didn't dribble. He, he, I, I forget what it ended up, but I think it ended up in, like, a, just a terrible possession. But, yeah, you, you want – you kind of want to force – the ball out of obviously out of Brunson's hands and then into kind of a sec see if anybody else can obviously Emmanuel quickly can can do it but they haven't really played together which is weird so I wonder I wonder if that's an adjustment for them but it's going to be interesting because they have no other playmakers on the on the floor when Brunson is out all by himself out there yep yeah, the this Knicks team, um, you know, it kind of resembles like an old Cavalier team, obviously to a much lesser degree, but yeah, it feels like, now. yeah, if, if Brunson's <laughs> got it, it's going to be kind of ISO ball and, and maybe he's doing his thing and, and trying to hit someone or he's just taking a shot. Um, yeah, the difference between that is he's not 6'8", 250. <laughs> yeah, he's stocky, but 6'1", it's 6'2", different than 6'8", 6'9". Right. Um, you know, we, we brought up the big guys. Um, this is one thing I wanted to ask you, Joe. What's your thoughts on how Evan Mobley's played through the first two? Obviously, we talked a lot about he needs to be a better game one. What, how do you think he responded in game two? I think he struggled for six straight quarters. And then mm -hmm. I thought the second half, I thought he was great. He kind of really got into just being aggressive and not being scared of these guys. He looked a little timid against uh, in the first game, especially. He he didn't. It just seemed like he was kind of shying away from the contact. And then the second half, uh, we saw I don't know how many dunks he had, four or five. He was being aggressive towards the rim, and, that, and that's that's the best Evan Mobley right there. You just got to be aggressive, not be afraid to make get contact and, um, and kind of force your way into the, into the hoop. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it's not surprising. <laughs> That's what he's 20 years old, second year in the league, first playoff series, uh, first six uh, quarters, you struggle and you kind of have to get your foot in, and it looks like he did in the second half of the game too. Yeah, no doubt. I, when the game started, I was I was kind of like, uh oh, are we in for another yeah. you know, another tough game? He took a couple shots that that were off, but then he he definitely got through. And we we were talking again in Discord. We got to get him an easy bucket. And then, like you said, I think he had three or four dunks in the second half. Some great feeds. One from JA. Some big to big passing from JA. Yep. Darius hit him with one. Um, he had two blocks and two steals. You know, as well in in the second game as well. So I think yeah, it seemed like he got a little bit more comfortable. That'll be a guy. Obviously, we'll, we'll all have. You know, I have our eyes peeled on for, you know, first away playoff game, you know, in New York. I think will be really interesting to see how he plays. Um, well, there was there was one last thing, Joe, I was hoping to, to talk through when we talk about kind of historical the first two games. The Cavs rotation, man, it is all over the place. There are guys that we is expect. Is there a rotation or is it yeah. just kind of like throwing out there whatever works? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if maybe there's like one of those wheels uh, where like maybe just rings it and like whoever right. it falls on, it's like, all right, come on, get up. <laughs> like even just out of like the regular season to the playoffs, it was a completely different, like Dean Wade didn't play for the last three months. 
or two months, and and he started what he was the seventh guy off the bench in game one. So yeah, it's uh, I think obviously some of it I think is JB. I don't I don't know if he I don't. It just seems like he's been kind of struggling with his rotation, and then obviously there's just the lack of options is is another problem. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they go with in game two three. That's the interesting thing to me. It's it's like yeah we, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of different options, but just to yeah. be a candid Cavaliers fan, none of them are home runs. I think that's why JB's having to search so much. It's like, well, do I play Ricky Rubio who doesn't look like his normal self? Do I yeah. play Dean Wade who doesn't look like his normal self? Okoro has struggled, you know, re- in recent uh, games with his shot. Um, Danny Green and, and Chetty played 43 minutes combined. Uh, <laughs> last game, so you didn't expect that going into the playoffs. At least I didn't, I should say. Yeah, yeah, it looked like I'm thinking we're gonna see pretty similar game two. Um, I don't think we're gonna see Dean Wade the rest of the series. I, I just don't. I don't know if he's playable anymore. At least until the off season where he can get healthy. He just his shot is gone. <laughs> like, like a Coro. Okoro has a shot. He just kind of – the confidence goes up and down, but, like, Dean Wade just can't shoot. Like, his, his shoulder is so messed up, it looks, it seems like, and uh, he's just not comfortable shooting. So he's kind of worthless. And then uh, Rubio is another guy. They're probably in the same boat. They just aren't healthy. They're just coming off injuries, and they're, they're just not healthy. So I think they'll probably go with the, the Chetty, Levert, Danny Green. And I think I think Okoro stays in. Um, I, I think it was kind of more of a got in foul trouble in the first half, and then they were just going with a hot hand um, because Levert was Levert might have been the play of the game if if uh, if um, Darius wasn't playing. Like he, he was great, he was he was great in game two. So um, I think that's probably your your group there off the bench and. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't go with uh, Stevens. He seems Stevens seems like his little safety net, but uh, he hasn't he hasn't been shown yet. So we'll see. Yeah, surprise stat of the night: Levert actually was the minutes leader for the Cavaliers wow. um, from last game. So he he played 40 minutes, and he was higher than yeah, Mobley. Yeah. He was higher than Garland, Mitchell. I mean, he was he was on fire. 56 percent mm-hmm. from the field. He made four threes. Um, he had you know a couple of rebounds, three assists, t- only two turnovers, and he he sure handled the ball a lot. So that was that's actually a, good, a nice little segue. Um, maybe we'll wrap up with our analysis of the first two. You know anything that that significantly surprised you? And I'll I'll, I'll kick one and then give you a second to think about uh-huh. it. But one thing that that surprised me, I think most was it maybe it, maybe it shouldn't have as much because of the ankle injury. But Josh Hart, Joe, if you had to guess what Josh Hart's plus minus was. Last game, what would you guess it oh, was I, after after an because, incredible game one? Because they show it on the board up top, it's like twenty or something, right? It's like twenty five <laughs> minus twenty nine when Josh Hart was on the on the floor. <laughs> he was bad, like like he was so good in game one, and he was just invisible in game two. And it was yeah, I was you you could definitely tell he was hurt. Like yeah. he was not the same player. You know, when when a away team comes in and wins one of the first two games as the lower seed, they kind of, you know, everyone says they kind of did their job, chalked it up. Looking back, it's like, should they have played Josh Hart 27 minutes? I'm not so sure. He might not have done well to give him some rest and get him ready for three, you know? 
Yeah, that was weird. It was the whole thing was weird. Like he was doubtful. What the, was it the day before? And then and then yeah. the, the the during the shoot around, he turned into questionable. And like it was, yeah, it was weird. It was one of those things. I I feel like Tibbs might have just kind of forced him in there, and I don't think he should have done that because he was not good. He was just not good. Yeah, you you no matter what sport it is, you know, I guess specifically when I talk basketball or football, you very very rarely ever see the doubtful all the way to you know yeah. available, and he played significant. It's like okay, that seemed a little strange, a little strange, especially the day before, right, right, <laughs> like, and then especially with him, he's he's all about athleticism, like he, his ability to get to the rim, get rebounds, like that's a big thing with him, and it's surprising that they kind of put him out there. But, We'll see how that affects them the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. That's ultimately, you know, don't want to see any injuries, but ultimately that that's a big thing for the Cavaliers. If he's, if he's not full go, um, yep. you know, one, one other thing that surprised me too um, is just, you know, we heard so much about Emmanuel quickly and maybe him having to be like the fifth or sixth best guy in the series for the Knicks to have a chance. And man, outside of some garbage time minutes in game two, wh- where has quickly been? Like he has not made an impact in this series at all so far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's been. Uh, he was one of the guys I was kind of a little scared about because he's a quick guy. He can shoot, and that and that's kind of the the recipe that kind of goes after the Cavs uh, defense. And uh, he's been, yeah, not <laughs> not very visible at all. And uh, I wonder. That's why I wonder if they're kind of switch it up in in Game Three. See if they put them together because mm-hmm. they got to get more playmaking on the floor because it's either it's either one or the other that's on the floor and that's your playmakers. Like you got literally not money, not much other options out there for him. Yeah. Between him and Grimes. I mean, those are, those are two guys I was pretty worried about coming into the series and it's one, one, the Knicks did their job. I'm I'm not saying I'm not worried about the Cavs, but it's just surprised me that neither one of them have really, you know, made any kind of impact. Yeah. Well, the it's, it's pretty similar to our guys. Um, This is what the first series in the playoffs too, right? Yep. Yeah, so um, they're probably kind of kind of a little bit nervous too, and you'll definitely obviously how how often you see the role players play well at at home. So I expect them to play better, uh, but how much better is the is the key um, to kind of where the series goes. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies, big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.
Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And, and maybe we'll transition to, I mean, expectations. So when you, when you look back at the first two games, Cavs, you know, they had to fight back in the fourth quarter in game one, ultimately lost it, just couldn't get a rebound. Uh, lost by what was it four points so it was a close game game two obviously they they blew the the Knicks out uh, and frankly pretty you know as close to a much must win game as, as it gets when you're down 0-1 uh, at home so just in terms of game three what what are your expectations in terms of any changes you think that could happen or just environment anything you're kind of looking out for for game three this is this is a wild card man I I have no idea I have no expectations for this like because they, it just like the difference between game one and two are just so vast. Like I don't know which Cavs team kind of shows up, and especially this is the first road game they've ever probably faced. Um, obviously, it's Madison Square Garden. Uh, I don't think the people are going to talk about the atmosphere. Like it's it's going to be like it's Madison Square Garden, so it comes with that. But like I feel like it's not going to be as loud as you like or other places because. You get all those kind of rich guys that kind of buy the, like the the if you have the more like rich people, it's not you're not going to get as like rowdy crowd. So I don't think it's going to be like some crazy atmosphere, but um, it's still going to be their first road game. It's going to be Madison Square Garden, so the lights are going to be on. It's going to be bright, so it's going to be interesting to see how Evan plays, how Darius plays. Um, I think the key for the rest of the season or the rest of the series will be Darius. It's what, what Darius comes up. Is it the aggressive one that we saw in game two, or is it the kind of passive uh, didn't shoot in the fourth quarter of game one? Um, Cause if we see aggressive Darius, I think it's, I think it's a sweep after this. I don't, I don't see them beating us if, uh, if they have Donovan and Darius going like that. Um, because it's, it's hard to, hard to compete when, they have what Brunson and then Randall is is hampered and everybody else is kind of second fiddle there. So um, yeah, if uh, Darius plays aggressively, I think it's a series sweep after this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see if you know if the Knicks decide to like double Darius and blitz him and you know, help off if they're going to try to take the ball out of his hands, then does it become the Mitchell show again? <laughs> you know, I feel like that'll be the worst case scenario for Knicks because yep. then Donovan is just eating you alive. <laughs> yep. like, that's uh they'll probably JB will probably love that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and Donovan showed he can, he can make the passes. Yeah. What do you have? 12 assists last game. Yeah, so. he, he's been so impressive. Like the, just the ability to change the way he played. Like I, I expected him to score 38 points again in, in game two. And, but he was just amazing. And just being a facilitator, um, his comments after the game were great. He's like, he told, I guess he told Darius, like, you gotta be, you gotta be the aggressive guy. I can play off ball. I've done it in, in Utah. So just keep be you. And, uh, that was, that was great, great, uh, kind of, um, leadership there by, uh, by Mitchell. And, uh, it kind of shows his greatness on this team. Yep. Yeah. It, it's, it's awesome. I mean, this is, this is why you go out and, and you have that two headed monster in the backcourt. I mean, this yep. is why if, you can't make it kind of like 
probably what the Cavs did last game against Brunson when they're they're helping off of him and, and they're doubling him, blitzing him. It's like you're hard-pressed to do that because you're going to have a shooter wide open, whether it's Jetty, whether it's Danny Green, um, and then you can get the ball to either Darius or Donovan. So that, that's, you know, it should be a problem the Cavs can exploit. You know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, obviously, you can say the same thing for the Knicks if, if the Cavs have Chetty and Danny on the court at the same time, you better be going at them with quickly. You're going at them with Brunt, you know, figuring out a way you can get matched up against those guys because, you know, we know they're not, uh, they're not going to be those elite perimeter defenders. I love Danny green, but man, he had a couple possessions where it's just like, Oh boy, this is traffic cone esque. This is not good. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see if the Knicks try to exploit that if they play him again. Yeah. That's why I think, I think him playing bigger guys is probably the way to go for the Cavs. Like he played Randall. That's not a guy that's going to beat you off the dribble if, as a smaller guy like that. Um, but yeah, if he's going against like Brunson and I mean, like quickly and any, any of the other guards, it's kind of eh, scary hours there. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they start hunting him too. Um, playoffs is all about hunting the weakness. <laughs> <laughs> we see, we saw it in game one where Okoro they just didn't guard him and they took care of, took care of business in game one. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, and I, Joe, I liked your point about the uh, the blue collar and the white collar, and um, yeah. we talked about ticket prices. Um, and yeah, yeah we, we mentioned it's you know floor seats are are four or five grand for the Knicks. Yeah. Up to, 20 2025 20, oh, yeah. the cabs you know cabs you can get floor seats for like five six seven hundred bucks if you're patient yeah so it's a vast right. difference and yeah it's like four and, times the price like every seat it's like four times the price of what you would get at the at the cabs so yeah <laughs> you love can have that this is a, this is a blue right. collar podcast man we we get right. into you can get in for a hundred bucks it's great oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> perfect oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I do have kind of a, a, you know, a closing segment. Is there anything else, Joe, before we hit that, anything else you wanted to talk about or, or go through? Yeah, I just, I just expect a in game three. I, I just expect, um, I expect Mitchell to just go off. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those, uh, it's sort of like when LeBron played at Mass Square Garden, they just, you just take it to another level. It seems like, and uh, I, I expect Mitchell to kind of come out there um, and play well. And then just going back to game two, um, it, the, one of the other differences I thought was they just didn't seem scared as much, like especially Jay and Evan, um, like they, they rebound with physicality. And then if they didn't get the rebound, the, the guards would come help and just kind of, they would use their hands to kind of wipe it, swipe it away. I don't know how many times that Mitchell or, or Randall would come down with a rebound and then they would just swipe it away and kind of get the loose ball. So that's kind of the key. If you're not going to win at the rim with the rebounds, at least you got to, when they, when they bring it down, you got to kind of scrap for it. And uh, that was, that was part of the energy kind of thing with, uh, with Darius and all that, that they kind of, they kind of swarmed to the ball, um, which they need to do the rest of the series because, um, this team can kill you on the boards, and if you're not, if you don't have the effort to match them, you you made a great point about. I mean, how many times did we see either Robinson or Randall bring the ball down, and Darius or Don were just swiping down? That's what you yeah. have to. That's what you have to do. Like they, these guys outweigh Jay and Evan Pye. What what would you say? 30, 40, 50 pounds. Yeah. I mean, they are Probably. way bigger. Well, and just so, based on Evan, who's yeah. a stick right now. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
but but the amount of hands they were seeing was just unbelievable and that that yeah i'll tell you what man there's there's nothing that infuriates a big guy more than when a little guy comes down and swipes it away from him it's demoralizing it's embarrassing to them they get pissed off when it happens and so the Cavs have to just you know have to come down and just battle and like you said whenever that ball is down battle dig 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 get after the ball we saw the frustration of randall i it was all game he was frustrated he was he was kidding it, it was just it's got to be frustrating like you just see a, a bunch of hands just coming at you down down low and it's got to be frustrating um i remember there's a rebound where it just like he kind of bounced around in his hands the whole time and, and went out of bounds he was yeah that's that's the key to kind of they're not going to win the boards because they're it's just hard randall and mitchell are two of the better rebounders in the league especially mitchell who's one of the best offensive rebounds in the league um so you just gotta you gotta it's gotta be a team effort and it's gotta be energy and effort and um if they if they show it the rest of the series they'll they'll be good good shape speaking of randall being ticked off your thoughts on the jared allen foul that was called a flagrant one and jb kind of went back you know after he's asked about it and was like dude they're playing hard we're playing hard we're not you know, to him, that wasn't a foul. What were your thoughts on it? Should Jay have, have kind of done it at that point in the game? Do you have any issue with it? Oh, I had no issue. I loved it, actually. I thought it was – it kind of showed the the mindset that they have that that the players are taking, that this is playoffs. They're not going to give anything easy. No, no shots, even if they're – I think they were up 20, and it was, what, like two or three minutes left. They were not going to give anything easy. So I just thought that was, that was a great sign in, in terms of mindset. Um, Jay has always been like that. I think he's a guy that's always going to fight no matter the time or the place. Um, he's going to fight for it. Um, it, it just kind of, it was a good, uh, good template to kind of keep going. Um, obviously it was a, it was a hard foul, but it's a playoff foul. It wasn't a flagrant. It was well. Did they call it a flagrant? I think they did. They called it a flagrant one. Yeah. but I had problems with that. I mean, he he kind of yeah. went down, and it was over his shoulder. The ball's right here. It's not like he hit yeah. him in the head. I no. I was very confused. I think the way he fell made it a flagrant. I, I didn't. Right. I don't agree with the actual foul being a flagrant at all. Right. I think the result kind of caused it to be a flagrant rather than actual the action. He and I don't really think he was. It seemed like he was more injured his his head was more injured like his uh his kind of mind frame was more injured than rather his body uh randall but um whatever it's it's a flagrant run you kind of move on but yeah i I love that he kind of did that and it kind of shows that what what they have to do they have to nothing easy nothing easy yeah yeah if that's the way the officials are going to call the game i mean the Cavs have to match that i completely 100% agree with you. You can't you can't give up anything especially after the Knicks kind of punched you in the mouth game 1. It's no. Let's right. you know, let them know that game 3 you're you're still coming. And that's yeah. to me that's the biggest thing about game 3 is they have to come out physical because you you went out and, and dominated them you know it's one to one technically you're at the disadvantage at this point there's more home yeah. games in yeah. New York you than, lost your home, than yeah. Cleveland. You lost home field. You got to come out desperate and I, and I hope that's what you know that's what the Cavaliers can do. Um, well, let's do, let's do this one, one last kind of closing segment here before we get out of here, Joe, can you give me who is obviously not, not the Donovan or Darius of the world, but who is your X factor? If the Cavaliers, uh, can win tomorrow night, who's the X factor you think could play a big part of it that may be a little bit under the radar? Um, I would say, yeah, that's a good question. I would say 
I'm coming across. I, I'd say it's one of the two bigs. I think it's Evan or Jay. Um, Evan, in terms of offense, if he can provide another kind of outlet on offense, that's huge. Um, and then Jay just being the defensive and rebounding kind of force. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go with Ja because I thought he was an X factor. X factor in game two. Um, he was dominant on the boards, um, and he didn't let anything easy uh, on offense or on defense. So I'll go with Ja. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I think I'm gonna go. It, it's a little gross, so you may want to plug your ears, plug your nose. But I, I think a guy that didn't shoot all that well was Jetty. He was one of seven from three, game two. He was really the, one of the only guys that didn't play extremely well, but he took good shots. Like he was wide he open did. on a, quite he a few of them. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with him. And I think if, if he can get hot, I mean, you're probably not going to get another. What was it? 23, 25 point game from Karis. If Chetty can yeah. can chip in 10 to 12, make two or three threes. You know, I think he's a guy that could really come in and help out, um, especially if, you know, if a coral gets some run, I, I could see, um, you know, you need to have at least one other shooter uh, if ice is on the, on the floor. So if it's Chetty Darius at some point, yeah. Mitchell, um, if one of the bigs are sitting, which they often do because you can't sit both of them at the same time. So if, you know, if you're playing Chetty at, at backup four minutes, um, I think if he can get hot, he could be a good X factor for, uh, for tomorrow night. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Maybe you just bring that up. Maybe Okoro does come off the bench and kind of, kind of correlates when when one of the bigs is off the floor because then then the spacing's not as wonky because mm-hmm. you got you get at least it's almost like a power forward and and a, and a center on the floor. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's great if he's making shots, but um, I could definitely see that. It's going to be so interesting to see who who kind of comes out there in the starting lineup because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> JB's been keeping keeping us guessing all season, man. I can't, to your all point, season. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. it's going to be fun. Yeah, no doubt. Well, yeah, that'll that'll close us up for tonight. Um, we obviously have two games this weekend, tomorrow night and Sunday at one p.m. I believe Eastern time. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll be back next week, hopefully early next week, to kind of break it down. Um, let's hope the the fellas can go out go out to New York at least get one two would be great but I won't get too greedy if they can if they can get one out of two you know that'll yeah. get home court advantage back to Cleveland. Um, Joe, last parts and anything else you want to mention before we hop off? Hey, I'll be greedy. Let's go get two, baby. <laughs> <laughs> let's go get two. Let's, let's end two. this thing in five. Let's end this thing yeah. in five. I I feel like game three is kind of if they win, I think it's, I think it's the series is over. I think they sweep the rest of their one. And then if they lose, it's, it's anyone, anybody's game, man. It's going to be fun. Yep. The, the math's out there, man. The, the team that wins game three, when it's one to one, it's a huge advantage. Obviously the, yep. the team that wins game five, when it's two, two, it, it's a monster advantage. So, yep. you know, game, game three is a big one. Guys got to figure it out. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. We need to need to get to some chat thoughts and questions next time a little bit more. So that's on me. Uh, but appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back early next week. Thank you and have a great night. See ya. Coming up on five minute news. I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.